The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to start the hottest quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. you're in the 06010. We are on to the Fantasy Playoffs. Welcome yeah. to the Tuesday edition. Fantasy Focus Football Podcast Playoffs. I'm invoking my Jim Mora voice right here. Playoffs? Yeah. That's pretty Playoffs? good. Playoffs? That's solid. Not bad. Not bad Field at Gates, all. Matthew Barry, Mike Clay, of course, here every Tuesday with us. The playoffs have arrived. Where did the season go? It it seems to have uh, flown by. It seems to have flown by here. By the way, I'm just, I'm just uh, I, so I just tweeted a link to our show. Mm-hmm. You know, and just so put it out there that we're uh, that we're live on the show, and uh, and uh, Troy, one of my followers, Troy, Troy uh, Bukerke, I think is how oh, yeah. I have you seen this guy? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just saw this tweet. So, so anyway, so she writes. She she he, uh, Troy tweets this. Finally, got my wife to do her first fantasy league this year. Nice. She drafted all her favorite cowboys and backups like Tariq Cohen and Patrick Mahomes. She made the playoffs. She even watch it. She even watches fantasy football now and listens to the fantasy focus with me. So thank you, Troy. Thank you, Troy's mm-hmm. wife. She thought at Field Yates and at Mike Clay NFL were brothers, and that Matthew Barry TMR was actually their dad. So we can do a quick. Huh. There's a more here, fun maybe. season right. having Mike her in a league. Can do a split screen. Here's me. We can get Mike on the other shot, maybe potentially, possibly. There's there you Mike. Go. Brothers. I don't know. Father Matthew Barry. You no. Know, Listen, I I get it because Field has a very youthful appearance, and Mike is, uh, you know, I'd Mike, be the older you, brother. You could you could look like the older brother, but you certainly um, you certainly look younger than me. I believe you are actually younger than me as well, but like thirty years. But no, not stop it. I'm not that old. I'm not old. I'm I, still believe, in my early I believe I am. Old. No, and also I'm. I believe I I would have had to have you when I was sixteen years old. I believe in me. terms of our actual in terms of our actual ages. Me? Yes. Really. Aren't you 32? 31. 31. I'm 48. So I would have had to have, I would have had to have you, uh, when I was 17. Okay. Wait, for real? For real, I'm 48 years old. Oh. I'm 33, so it's possible. I mean, yeah, so I would have had to have you when I was 15 and you when I was 17. And listen, I was a happening teenager, make no mistake. I had game. In between (laughs) nationally ranked tennis matches, Matthew. Yes. Right. Females and. Oh, that's right. Thinking Uh, about life as a dad, as a young man. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, LL Cool M. Ladies love Cool Maddie. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. You've used that before, right? You've had that stored away. I've literally never used that. You just pulled that out of nowhere. I literally just pulled that out of nowhere. Did it feel good? Sure. Well, I was just, I honestly, like, I, like, I was trying to think of like a reference to when my, when I was a kid and immediately I went to LL Cool J and everyone knows ladies love Cool James. That's what it stands for. And, uh, you know, whatever. Don't call it a comeback. Come on now. We all know that you, when you were a kid, Aaron Burr was the cool thing in town. It was not LL Cool J. You know what? Yes. You know what? Screw all you guys. I'm out of here.
I want to go home. Okay. I want to go home. I want to go door, home. And the door I want to, is yours. You know what? I want, to, I want to go home and order my Mark Sanchez jersey. Can we just do that? Can I just can I can I go home and just start Perfect doing that? Segue into a Monday yes. night football recap well where Mike's Eagles win twenty eight to thirteen, a game that got away from the Redskins in the second half. It was competitive in the first half. Unfortunately for the Redskins, the story of the night was another quarterback injury. Colt McCoy suffered a fractured fibula. Is that what it was? Yeah. So we have Alex Smith who broke his leg. Colt McCoy broke his leg as well, and I get it. It was ugly before the injury, and it wasn't like he had this stalwart night, but the fact that Colt McCoy stayed on the field for a couple of plays after breaking his fibula? Unbelievable. Like, the next time you start to question NFL players' toughness, like, the dude went out there and risked being landed on by 300-pound behemoths with a broken leg. And it felt like, to be honest, like the, the play that he broke his leg felt like kind of a cheap shot. He was down. He had been, he, he, he slipped on the turf on, on an attempted run. He was trying to scramble on a broken play. He, uh, he slips on the turf. He get, or the grass, I should say. He slips. Um, he's touched. Um, he's touched. And then who's that? Was it, was it Jernigan? Who comes over and, and lands on him? Who hit him? Um, but, uh, but another Eagles player after the play is dead comes on and just like lands on him and, Anyway, uh, regardless, I feel awful for Colt McCoy, who's just, you know, sort of been a career backup drafted by the Browns, started, they talked about this on the broadcast somewhat last night. I, I don't know. I've, I've just always liked Colt McCoy as a longtime Redskins fan. I've always felt like he's performed well when he's kind of been thrown into situations. He's not a guy that's ever going to be, you know, a superstar in this league, but, um, by all accounts, a great teammate and, I don't know. I, I feel awful for him because this was his chance to be the starting quarterback of a team that was competing legitimately for a playoff spot, and now his season is over. And Mark Chance, Sarge Sanchez, who was literally on the street two weeks ago, is now the starting quarterback of the Washington Redskins. They don't have a backup. Had something happen to Sanchez last night, Jordan Reed would have been the quarterback. He was their That's emergency right. backup. Reed, who I believe was a highly touted recruit here in New London, Connecticut, before he went to University of Florida and obviously became very talented tight end, but uh, has some quarterback in his background. Slightly different level believe of he... competition between New London High School <laughs> and the Eagles? Yes, uh, slightly different. Yeah, slightly different. By the way, I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure Jordan Reed played for Urban Meyer uh, at did. Florida. He did, of course. There Jordan you go. Meyer. Breaking See? news of the day is that Urban Meyer has retired from Ohio State. We'll right. See, and what I just did there is now we can use hashtag Urban Meyer when we're talking about it. And then all <laughs> the Ohio State fans can come in thinking we're going to talk about Urban Meyer and we're done with our Urban Meyer talk. But there you go. Just gamed the system right by, there. By just the got way. some extra clicks. There you go. And I'll mention That's it, the secret to the internet. America. It is. It is. And it, by the way, if uh, Trey Quinn played, he would have been the emergency quarterback and he did the scarn last week, of course, a couple weeks ago, yes, of course, on Thanksgiving, so we can get hashtag the office. We could use that for the show too. See there that? you go. Look at the crowd all, out there. All, all the hashtags, all the trending topics here on the O six O one O. They'll they'll work out some other quarterbacks here, but I think the big yeah, takeaway yeah. is that there's not a Redskins player that you feel good about going forward. Mm-hmm. I, to me, if there was, a, there's certainly not a, anyone that you feel good about in terms of actual usable players field. I think it's still the running backs here. And I think they're both flex plays. Yep. Um, look, Chris Thompson, the box score doesn't look great. But honestly, they had a swing pass here that, honestly, with a better block, would have gone for like 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. I mean, like, Lots they, they had... They should have last night for that offense. Oh, was but, but you're right. I mean, he's still a really talented pass catcher that you figure with a quarterback, whether it's Mark Sanchez or perhaps somebody else, because let's not discount the possibility that, like, Mark Sanchez is benched in the next week, right? Like, not like yeah. he's going to light the world on fire by any stretch 
Like they're not going to be able to throw it that much. They're going to have to throw it like it's going to be dink and dunk and it's, try to run the football effectively. That's exactly right. It's going to be a lot of dink and dunk. It's going to trying to run the football, and honestly, it's going to be a lot of junk time. Honestly, because the defense continues to play poorly. Uh, they continue to take bad angles. The tackling is atrocious. Look, they they the the box score could have been much worse. Josh Norman made a great uh, interception here. I was I was amazed the that they zone, held him yeah. on a you know in the in the end zone. Um, they made a great uh, goal line stand. You know, uh, but it easily could have been a much worse game uh, on the scoreboard. And so I think, you know, knowing that you've got the, you know, Mark Sanchez behind you and, and you just, you know, somebody who follows a lot of Redskins press and players on Twitter, you're already seeing some finger pointings and some bad quotes and it just doesn't look like it's heading in the right direction here in Washington. Not only did uh, Colt McCoy go down, but their two guards who are already the backup guards. Jonathan I mean, Cooper and Tony Bergstrom both out. Right. Cooper's out for the year. Right. Bergstrom could be out for a while. Right. And say. they were fill, they were filling in for, uh, uh Sheriff Surf. and, uh, Laval, uh, Sean Laval. Yep. So, I mean, like, they're down to like third string, like guys off the street on their offensive line as well. And so, and last year the Redskins had 25 players on injured reserve. And it looks like they're headed towards that number this year as well. I haven't done the final count, but it's brutal. We robust, that's and, for sure. Yeah. And I just, I'm just asking this as a Redskins fan, and and I wish to find you were here, but I wonder how much of this is just bad luck, and how much of this goes to whether it's strength and conditioning or the or the medical staff or what. Like at some point, right? I mean, there's there's bad luck, and then there's just like what's going on here? Is it is it the kind of players they're drafting? I don't know, but it just it doesn't seem normal for an NFL team to have this much injury bad luck this many years in a row. Yeah, Am I crazy on that? No, it's it's certainly been crazy. And and I will say this just to touch on kind of the the state of the offense. I mean, they're 26 in touchdowns as is, and that's with Alex Smith in there for most of the season right. and healthy guards and even when they were winning games, they weren't scoring points. So now going to Mark Sanchez and maybe even they bring in someone else and he ends up making some plays if, or, or making some starts if Sanchez struggles. I mean, like you said, it's a tough spot to be in to want to rely on any of these skill guys you know, in this throughout, offense. Throughout the year, things pop up and one of the things, one of the quotes you often hear during our pre-show meetings is like, sometimes we can address things just to dismiss them. Or like, hey, let's not dismiss something. But the reality is at week 14... The best of the best are now still playing in fantasy football in your league. Yeah. You've made the playoffs, and you probably haven't done so because you've been grinding it out, <laughs> choosing between Josh Dotson and some other cast-off wide receiver right. in your flex spot. You have probably have done so because you drafted really well and you made some notable waiver wire ads. So I'm what I'm trying to say is that like while we do resist being dismissive, the reality is probably a large portion of people in the playoffs aren't even thinking about the Redskins at any point going Look, forward for fantasy football. I, I listen, I'm in a league where I've been decimated um, by injury, and so I had to use, I needed Adrian Peterson uh, last week, uh, this week, and, you know, uh, he helped me to a victory and helped me secure a playoff spot. Uh, so, listen, I think there'll be some leagues where you need Peterson, or I do think sure, Thompson could be a viable flex. Yep. Because again, I do think the volume will be there. The schedule gets a little bit easier. I mean, they're playing the Giants at home in week 14. Like, you're not scared of starting Peterson against the Giants. Yeah. They've been, they've been better, better recently. I'd say, they've been but... better de- defensively recently. But, um, <clears throat> listen, if they watch the tape from last week, uh, Jay Gruden will do nothing but just call 40 different, um, wheel routes in a row <laughs> for Chris Thompson. Like, I mean, the Giants just got burned by that eight million times by Tariq Cohen last week. So anyway, I, you know, we'll see how the rankings come out, everything like that. But I do think you wouldn't be excited about using Chris Thompson or Adrian Peterson, but I do think 
they'll have at least have a smidgen of value going forward, even in a Mark Sanchez-led offense. Yeah, Let- Peterson's been top 13 three of the past five weeks, so he has he has generated some value even yeah. recently. And that 90-yard run, say what you want about the other eight carries for eight yards, that 90-yard run was a thing of beauty. Oh, no doubt. It was amazing. And with the very first play from Sanchez, when the defense knew exactly what was coming on, on their like own three yard line or whatever it was, ten yard, line, ten yeah. yard line, yeah. yeah. So they're they're deep in their own territory. Mark Sanchez has just come in. You, everyone in the building knows it's a run, it's and a run. AD and yet, broke it off. He's a bad man. He, he just is. he made a cut. He saw mm-hmm. the hole, and then he outruns the entire Eagles defense yeah. ninety yards for a touchdown. Of course, he finishes with ninety eight <laughs> yards. But, That's impressive. Uh, but un- it's still, it's an unbelievable play. And because of all the injuries to the Redskins and the team isn't going to make the playoffs, it is one of those things where it's probably going to get lost. But I think it's one of the stories of the year, Field. I noticed you tweeted, he was a free agent until August 20th. No one wanted him. A lot of people were thinking, like, is this the end for Adrian Peterson? And honestly, if not for the injury to Darius Geis, starting the bad luck of injuries for Washington, Adrian Peterson would probably possibly still be on the street yeah it's possible it certainly is now it takes two to tango obviously he was able to be selective when teams might express some level of interest and he did work out for a couple of teams but ultimately he lands with the Redskins and it was the perfect spot for him this season let's talk about the Eagles 28-13 they scored three offensive touchdowns and it was kind of the breakout game for Golden Tate seven for Mm -hmm. 85 on seven targets and a touchdown plus one dramatic worm touchdown celebration (laughs) dance he also had a two-point conversion for a 23.5 point fantasy night last night. Um, sustainable or not? That's the question. Is like, do we flip the switch and all of a sudden Golden Tate is now the focal point of the passing game who is not named Zach Ertz? Or was this more of the, like, you know, as Doug Peterson said after the game last night, they got a lot of weapons. It's hard to, to sort of evenly split things up. Maybe this happened to be just Golden Tate's one good game, Mike. Uh, well, my my initial reaction to we have a lot of weapons, you know, to get the ball to. Why don't you score more points if you have all yeah. these weapons? That's that's number one. Uh, number two is yeah. everyone that has Carson Wentz on their team is asking that same thing because <sighs> I know. it's, it's so been a it's been a brutal kind of run here for those of us with Carson Wentz on their team. Yeah, lots of talent on that roster still. One of the most talented teams, but they're not living up to that for whatever reason. But uh, anyway, just to focus in on this, my concern really with Tate would be playing time he's still behind Nelson Aguilar you know you're seeing Alshon Jeffrey and Aguilar run most of the pass routes and and Tate has been third in line I want to see his routes go up he ran uh what is it 20 23 pass routes in the game that was it was 39 for Jeffrey 37 for Aguilar but he does have seven or more targets in three straight games that's good so when he's on the field Wentz is going his way he's never been a good source of touchdown so I don't expect that necessarily to continue but um as long as you know he's getting that Six, seven, eight targets a game. He's going to get you starting caliber numbers in fantasy. And, I, you know, you would hope the offense is going to be better going forward. But look at the upcoming schedule. You have the Cowboys. You have the Texans on that schedule. You have the Rams in two weeks. It's going to be tough. I mean, and they're, they're going to have to throw it plenty, you would imagine. But yeah. the defenses, in, in many cases, are tough. Well, maybe the way – this probably is bad phrasing because I don't know how many people are choosing between Golden Tate and Nelson Agle. I mean, and uh, Alshon Jeffrey, but – doesn't it feel pretty obvious which one you don't want to be starting right now? Like we can talk <laughs> ourselves into Al- into Golden Tate, but Alshon Jeffrey, like what value is he bringing in your lineup, Matthew? None. No, I mean, look, no more than five targets each of his last three games, uh, under 50 yards in every single game since Golden Tate joined the team. And honestly, like he was never a huge volume guy, even in the beginning of the season when he was really crushing it. It was all touchdowns. I mean, he was just, he was scoring a ton. Like he wasn't like he was getting, there were a couple of games where he got a, a, a hard, a, a big target share, but, for the most part, I feel like his fantasy value at the beginning of the year was driven by touchdowns. 
And honestly, it was one of those things that coming into the year, people thought, oh, Alshon Jeffrey, he's going to regress because, you know, you're worried about the injuries, but he's also so touchdown dependent last year for his fantasy value. And, you know, there's no way he's going to sustain that scoring rate. And at the beginning, he actually was. And now, obviously, uh, the, the roosters have come home or the eagles have come home to, to use a different bird there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, listen, I have Alshon Jeffrey on a team where I have Carson Wentz. It's been a fun couple of weeks, let me tell you. I, so, I mean, I don't know, Mike, how you feel about this, but, I felt like, listen, I thought Josh Norman, a couple times where he got burned, but I thought overall Josh Norman did a nice job on Alshon Jeffrey last night. And I thought Golden Tate's success was partially they, they wanted to probably get him more involved, but also partially because that's where they, that's where the defensive weaknesses were of the Redskins. Quentin Dunbar, Quentin Dunbar did not play in this game as well. They got a couple of guys banged up in the secondary as well. I mean, they had like undrafted rookies in there, like, so I think it was, you know, a talented receiver, good quarterback. You know, in an unfair matchup, candidly. Yeah, that was sort of my take. Golden Tate comes in, targets have gone down, and it's not... I mean, I mean, if you drafted him coming into the season, much like last year, you knew that it wasn't going to be a high-volume receiver. It was going to be a guy that's touchdown-dependent in a very high-scoring offense, big plays, touchdowns. If the if you knew the offense was going to plummet the way it has to average in scoring, it was going to be a problem for Alshon yeah. Jeffrey. And not only that, his target share is down from 22% to 20%, and it's actually worse lately. He's had five or fewer targets in four of his past five games yeah. since Tate has been there. I mean, there's a lot of co- reasons for concern here, but it makes sense if you think about how he was used last year. It's not much different, just a little bit less volume, and they're not scoring. He needs the touchdowns, and they've not been coming. I, I have not done my, uh, I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of writing my love-hate list now for the week. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey will be on the hate list this week at Dallas. Like, I don't know how you can feel confident about starting him in week 14. Another game with Josh Adams leading the way for the Eagles as a rusher, 20 carries for 85 yards. Darren Sproles returned and rushed for a touchdown. Uh, surprisingly, neither one of them saw a target last night. The passing game involvement actually went to Corey Clement, who led all Eagles running backs last night with 10.4 fantasy points. That being said, guys, I think it's pretty clear. We're still going to be ranking Josh Adams as our top-ranked Eagles running back. And, Mike, you made this point on Twitter, and I'll reiterate from this morning, he is basically Gus Edwards playing in a different color uniform. Yeah, same thing. Getting like 18 to 22 carries and no passing game work. The thing is, at least we've seen a little bit of it from Adams in the past, where Gus Edwards, the last, uh, what, two, zero. how many big games? Three. He has three zero games. targets the past three yeah, games. Adams, so. has caught a, Adams has caught a he couple of balls. Yeah, he had that game, yep. I think, where he had six targets in the one random yeah. game. But that's going to be mostly Clement. It'll be Sproles. And if one of them goes down, it'll be Wendell Smallwood. He's not going to have major involvement in that area. And that's going to limit him, just like it's going to limit Gus Edwards, just like it limits Jordan Howard, uh, just like it would limit, like Eric Blunt, if Carryon Johnson remains out, you got to consider that when you're well, ranking guys. And then you think about, the, as you mentioned, the schedule, right? Dallas and Texas, and the Texans are both up next, right? So they, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the two, uh, the two Texas state representatives here, and both very good run defenses. So I don't think Josh Adams is a must start in the next couple of weeks of the fantasy playoffs. I think it's going to be it's kind of. He's kind of flex and kind of dependent on who else you have and how desperate you are. But you certainly, again, with a lack of passing game involvement, you're going to need a touchdown. Agreed. And no look, question. And could you get it? Because he's a big guy on an offense that can score points. Sure, but you, you don't feel super great about it. And we know that how many points. Though. I was just saying, you, you know they'll hand it to Darren Sproles in that area too. He had a rushing touchdown. It was kind of longer. It was in the red zone, but it was a longer run. But you know, if they're at the yeah. three, and there's like line, five missed tackles Sproles. on the way to the end zone. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah true, don't forget true. that. Ugh, can't tackle Sproles, man. Eagles now six and six, Redskins now six and six, Cowboys now seven and five, shaping up to be one of the most competitive finishes amongst uh-huh. any division Maybe. in the last four weeks. Maybe if Dallas beats Philly next week, it's over. That's probably true. If Dallas, yeah, I mean, what's amazing is that the Redskins are still alive not only for the division but also 
for a wild card because the Vikings lost because the Panthers lost. I mean, like, yeah, if you uh, if you go great, late. Mark Sanchez leads the Redskins to ten and six. What a crazy story that would be. That would be, that would be nuts. Um, that would be, yeah. The NFL schedule I look forward to that 30 for 30. First of all, because you play six division games, there's always going to be division games late in the season. And then obviously the NFL a few years ago adopted the policy of every week 17 game is a division mm-hmm. game. Right. But we've got some great intra-conference games over the last four weeks of the season. We've got some great playoff seeding games. The Chiefs-Ravens this week, Seattle-Minnesota next Monday night. There are a ton of games with a ton of implications during the last quarter of the season, I cannot wait to see. Now through December 25th, which is Christmas, the 23andMe DNA, DNA kits are on sale. 23andMe helps you understand what your DNA can tell you about you and your family story. It's named for the 23 pairs of chromosomes that make up our DNA. A 23andMe DNA kit is the perfect gift for everyone you love. There's never been a better way to give the gift of genetic discovery to your parents, your siblings, your aunts, your grandparents and everyone else on your list. It's the one thing that can buy the entire family, that you can buy the entire family, that will be unique for each loved one. 23andMe, a uh, health and ancestry service, includes 90-plus personalized genetic reports that offer DNA offers DNA insights on what makes you unique. It's easy to do. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit, register your sample to your personal 23andMe account, and in a few weeks, receive your personalized online reports. The Ancestry Composition Report with uh, is where you can explore your DNA from out of 150-plus regions worldwide. You can explore the genetics behind your appearances and senses. There's also the ability to match musical pitch. If you hear a musical note, can you sing it back? While matching pitch comes naturally for some, it's almost impossible for others. Genetics can play a role in your ability to match a musical pitch. There's also the Mosquito Bite Frequency. Some people may feel they get more mosquito bites than the people around them. So what makes some people more attractive to mosquitoes than others? Genetics may be partly to blame. All this information you can find out via 23andMe and now through December 25th. Get 30% off any 23andMe kit. Order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash FFF. That's the number 23andme.com slash FFF. Again, that's 23andMe.com slash FFF. All right, a few pieces of news to get to here when we begin in Cincinnati, just to put a bow on the A.J. Green conversation. According to Adam Schefter, he will have toe surgery. He is out for the year, a three- to four-month recovery. No surprise here, Matthew. Maybe this uh, this Bengal should have heeded your advice and not brought him back out there on the field. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this, and, you know, Stevanya and I have different viewpoints on it, and obviously she comes at it from a medical standpoint, but we've talked it to death. Um Honestly, I think what's important here is when A.J. Green has been out there, Tyler Boyd averages 17 fantasy points a game, 17.4 to be exact, over eight targets a game. Yep. Without Green this season, 7.7 targets per game, 14.3 fantasy points per game. So actually less targets and less fantasy points per game without A.J. Green on the field than with. So for people that may be thinking, hey, oh, A.J. Green's out now, Tyler Boyd's going to explode again, I don't think that happening. I don't see that happening. Remember, a lot of this was with Andy Dalton under center. Now Jeff Driscoll is the starting center, starting quarterback, I should say, of the Cincinnati Bengals. So backup quarterback, no A.J. Green. Look, I think you're still probably starting Boyd. I think it depends, obviously, on the matchups here. But 
Boyd, who was kind of a borderline wide receiver one there for a while, field to me becomes more of just kind of a, a wide receiver two with A.J. Green out for the year and Jeff Driscoll under center. I would think the biggest takeaway here from this offense, given that we've already seen A.J. Green not play Mike, is that the role for Boyd, as Matthew just alluded to, doesn't change much. But like we're going to get a dash of John Ross here because we saw mm-hmm. him score a bunch of touchdowns in a row. I know you are the king of regression alerts, but he seemed to be the player that benefited the most from the green injury. Yeah, I look back at the three games Green was at. He had a 20% target share in those games to John Ross. He had the three touchdowns, as you mentioned. You can't really count on that. And his efficiency has been poor because Andy Dalton was not hitting him. Maybe Jeff Driscoll have some better luck with that. I wouldn't count on it. But nonetheless, he at least moves back into the fringe flex territory of him like just inside my top 50 if you're desperate he's an option you're probably not in the playoffs but that's where uh he looks but if you look at target distribution again in those three games tyler boy 22 cj uzoma at 21 again another guy that hasn't been too efficient not much fantasy relevance but he has been right there in terms of target uh targets when green's been out john ross 20 joe mixon 12 and the guy would keep an eye on in deep leagues dynasty leagues is out and take the rookie that last game green uh missed we saw we saw Tate get a much bigger workload. He was third in line in pass routes at wide receiver. He could be, you know, one of them hidden gems. You know, he's shown some signs in the preseason. He was a, an intriguing late round uh, dart throw for them at wide receiver. He's a guy certainly to keep your eyes on the next couple in, of In deeper weeks. dynasty leagues, sure. But, you know, I mean, in terms of like, if you're playing the playoffs, I can't imagine you feel good about, let me throw John Ross in there. You know, no. I mean, like, look, and I mean, like, the guy scored a bunch of touchdowns. Like, I mean, like, he, he it was like, it felt like he was every game, weeks, every game, yeah. it was just like, yeah, it was just like, you know, one for five with mm-hmm. a touchdown or something like that. But, uh, I, I can't imagine standard 10 team league and a 12 team league, you're in the playoffs that you're going to need John Ross. I mean, Uzama is actually the more interesting name here. And we'll get to your waiver wire column here in a second, uh, field coming up later in the show. But with Greg Olson out, you know, there's a chance that you might need a tight end, and there's somebody who is, you know, not 100% rostered. Uh, sure. Kendrick West, excuse me, Christian Kirk done for the year of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, talented second round wide receiver. We, we've been sort of talking about how you can not comfortably start any Redskins player, really aren't starting any Bengals player other than Tyler Boyd or Joe Mixon comfortably. The Cardinals are kind of in that bucket as well. Obviously, David Johnson is one thing and fits to a degree as well, but. Christian Kirk being done for the year, no way. I mean, there's no one else that you can no. possibly feel good about. No, Chad, yeah, Chad Williams has been hurt. Trent Sherfield's been running ahead of J.J. Nelson, so it'll be those three if Williams is healthy going forward. Uh, Sherfield, again, nothing. He's like Tate, a deep, deep, super deep league, dynasty flyer. They seem to like him a lot. He was undrafted this year. He's getting some run out of Vanderbilt, but uh, was a safety and quarterback. Deep name to watch, but nothing short-term. Nowhere to go but up for this Arizona offense, but the focal points being Josh Rosen, and Christian Kirk and David Johnson going forward. Give me a bit of hope. They need about five offensive linemen that are capable of <laughs> yep. playing, another three wide receivers, a second running back, tight end, and a couple other things. But tell me there's a chance. Right? We'll see what happens to Arizona this offseason. We'll be interesting to see where they end up going yeah. as an organization. Last thing here, Sharkandrick West officially re-signs with the Chiefs, a familiar face. We know he has been there previously, as a matter of fact, in the year that Spencer Ware really broke out. It came alongside Charkandrick West. They were signed mm-hmm. to extensions on the same exact day uh, later on from there. Um, we noted this yesterday. There's a possibility they wanted to add some depth in the backfield. I think what it probably underscores most is that if you thought there was a chance that Damian Williams might become more involved, it's possible. But Charkandrick West is also going to be involved. Traditionally, throughout his career, Andy Reid has been a one running back guy. And my expectation is that unless Spencer Ware gets injured or just completely falls on his face, Spencer Ware is going to be the guy. And Sharkandrick West and Damian Williams 
are merely handcuffs. And look, if, if, uh, if you're in a season long league, if you're in a redraft league and you manage to get Spencer Ware and you have Hunt, like I have no problem. Obviously you're dropping Hunt and picking up West as a handcuff, but I don't know that it's whether it would be if something were to happen to Ware. I don't know yet whether it would be West or Damian Williams. Still a little bit unclear here, but it, it's worth noting just somebody to keep on your radar. Yeah. I think there are some there are better options out there on the waiver wire for you to pick up this week. Along the lines of backup running backs, Malcolm Brown for the Rams has a shoulder issue. It looks like he's going to be placed on injured reserve based off of the reports we saw yesterday in his own Instagram story post of him. Looked like it was on you know post surgery in the hospital. So uh, the Rams, you know, obviously it's Todd Gurley, it's Todd Gurley show. But as we get towards Week 17, if they got something clinched, might have to keep your eyes on a second Rams running back. Sure, and you just and you never know what can happen, right? I mean, like, I mean, uh, you know, obviously a very different situation, and I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but it just like you know, whether it's you know what we saw with with Kareem Hunt, what we saw with Melvin Gordon, like you know, it's the NFL. What we saw last night with not that you were counting on Colt McCoy, but it is a dangerous league and things can happen on any one play. And so as you head into the playoffs, like I would much rather use my roster spots for backups and guys that, you know, should something happen to one of my starters to solidify it than to hang on to a fifth wide receiver that I know I'm never going to start, you know, that kind of stuff. And so um John Kelly would be the guy that I would think would be the, the main guy if something were to happen to Todd Gurley or to your point, they clinch and they decide to rest John uh, Todd Gurley, which happened last year, like in the preseason, like, you know, he had 46 carries, 197 yards, three touchdowns, caught six balls for 18 yards. Basically look preseason, you're playing against vanilla defenses, but average over 15 fantasy points a game, you know, basically would be running back 15 on a per game basis this season. Mike, I, I think, I was impressed by what I saw out of John Kelly, and I think mm-hmm. if he were the starting running back in a Sean McVay offense, he would have significant fantasy value. Yeah, I struggle with his evaluation coming in because he was all over the place. Some of right. his efficiency metrics at Tennessee were awful, and some of them, like elusiveness, forcing missed tackles, were pretty good. Then he goes to the combine. He struggled badly in the short area drills. He's undersized, but he's tough. Like He's just one of them tricky guys. But he's the reason why I wasn't too attracted to, attracted to Malcolm Brown, even as a handcuff, because you say, okay, Gurley's out, Brown comes in. He plods a little bit. Next thing you know, Kelly's coming out. He's explosive, kind of like a Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones sort of dynamic. And next thing you know, we're trying to free John Kelly. You knew that <laughs> was going to happen. And sure enough, that may have happened down the stretch. So uh, I, he's very exciting prospect. He's definitely the guy I'd be most interested in. I will say this. He has not been active yet. Justin Davis is also in that depth chart. He has been active for eight games. So you don't know exactly how that would work out. So I'm more excited for Kelly, but it's not cut and dry. But if you, if you had Gurley on your, on your roster... Who are you picking up to handcuff him, as it were? If I had to pick up a handcuff, I would I would go toward Kelly. But it's just it's a you might it's, have it's, a when you say that when you say if I had to pick up a handcuff, does that mean that you don't think either one of these two are worth picking up as a handcuff? Because you, you make it sound like yeah. if I had to, but like it sounds we're like holding you're holding a gun to his head. Like right. there's there's Mike there's Mike at the waiver wire. Like no, I no, I really want Josh Dotson. No, no, I want a third please. defense. No. no, you must pick up a handcuff. I don't wanna. Yeah, uh, that was a very dramatic way to put it. Um, if I listen, if if I was looking to to have Todd Gurley's handcuff, I would go with Kelly. That's but answer. but are you? But I does, I'm I'm putting a fine point on this. Yes, I I know if you were looking to, I'm asking you. But I think what Daniel and I are asking, like, are you? Let's let's we're gonna Not pretend. Let's pretend Mike Clay has a team in the playoffs with Todd Gurley. What are you doing on waivers tonight? Are you backing him up, or are you saying like I'm gonna just roll the dice and? 
you know, try to figure it out. If I have Malcolm Brown, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in. I'm gonna put in a claim uh, for Kelly. If I don't, and I maybe I, I I need the depth for whatever I have injury issues or whatever, it's a short bench. I'm not necessarily forcing myself to go get John Kelly. Obviously, it depends on what other running backs you have. If you've been sitting there and you like you you had, uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm making it up here, but like you have. You picked up Gus Edwards, like for example, yeah, right. right example, and so you've been you've been rolling with like uh you know with like Gurley and I, I don't know I'm trying to think of uh somebody that you could have had um you, you got Gurley like, and Nick Chubb right you picked sure. up Nick Chubb on the waiver so you've been rolling with Gurley and Nick Chubb and you've been sitting there with Gus Edwards on the bench and you're like I like Nick Gus Edwards better than John Kelly okay fair so I mean, it depends on your situation I suppose but for me if I have Gurley. I'm backing him up, and I'm backing up with John Kelly. And yeah, maybe it would be Justin Davis, but I prefer I, Kelly as a player. And I guess my teams are just so loaded that I have so much talent on the bench. I don't need wow. Mike Clay off the top. <laughs> wow. room. Talk about your, yeah. your your fantasy football teams or your bowling teams. To be clear, uh, definitely not my bowling team. Definitely that is not, not going well. Shot fired at Daniel Dopp right wow, there. Wow, seriously, Mike? I thought we were friends. What's I'm, going no, on? No, I'm taking Boy. the blame there. I'm, wow. I'm our worst player. I will admit, I am our worst. All right, player. Mike is the worst. I'm player trending in the bowling up. Team. I'm we'll trending talk, up. But we'll talk more about pins above replacement after this break. All right, and now a note from our ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. Hey, this is Chelsea Flores, the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week, and I want to give a shout out to my wonderful husband, JP, who has listened to your show for three years and never won a championship. Now back to the show. That's the kind of fish you look for. Nice. Speaking of shots fired, you know, uh, wow. exactly, exactly. That is like so. That's awesome. So, so um, it's on brand you, right there. It's totally us. on brand. And I'm trying to think, like, what is that called? Like a backhanded compliment, or so like a to us or to him? Because like, oh, is it totally like a, a shot at us? Like yes. it was like a, a it's like a subtweet, but it's not. Like it was. I, right. I'm trying to think of the phrase, but um, yeah. So she she gives a shout out to her husband. I'm like, oh, finally a shout out to the husband. And now then she's like, yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah, by the way. I, I got to say this really us. quickly. Uh, Jackson Cochran was going to be our backup this week because I tried to get a hold of Chelsea because obviously she was delivering twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was 2 a.m. on Sunday and we had not heard from her yet. So I emailed Jackson, who was the second runner up from last week. Yep. He sent us a whole week's worth of stuff to be able to use that maybe if someone else isn't filling down the line, but we're not going to use Jackson's stuff because Chelsea did get back to us, but just want to give him a shout out. Thank you for being uh, in the on-deck circle, unfortunately. He was, he was Chelsea's handcuff. Yeah, he was Chelsea's handcuff. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's for accurate. Super Gruder fan of the week. Yeah. Mike just uh, wouldn't have picked him up, is what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and Mike, I would have been right to do so. Because Mike would have been like, whatever, I'll roll with somebody else. He would have been like, yo, Tarika, why don't you just do the Zip <laughs> exactly. fan of the week? Yeah. And that would have worked out. Tarika is here. He is not being utilized. So Fair. good call, Mike. Look, I, let's, I think we all agree that the show needs more Tarika. Unless secret, uh, secret squirrel. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, Field Yates, you write the free agent finds column for ESPN.com. You yes, do a great I job do, of it man. every single week. Thank you. Uh, it's available now on ESPN.com. I'm a company man. Yeah. We have breaking news too. No. <laughs> no. Breaking news. I write the waiver wire column. What? Week and it's Are you up. kidding me? That's incredible. That? Yep. It's amazing. Wow. Daniel. That's right. You know what, Matthew? I'll tell you what. We do need more Tarika on this show, don't we? That's yeah. right. Right <laughs> after you call for more Tarika, what happens? That's exactly why I did it, because I like to make Daniel feel needed on the show. Oh, oh that's wow. very kind that's of you. Very big heart. Yeah. You got a big is heart. That is? Tarika. Mm. Mm. You just got mm. put on blast, Daniel. Anyways, let's talk about waiver wire pickups, Matthew. You want to take the lead here? I do, indeed. All right. So, listen. 
Baker Mayfield is out there in more than 50% of leagues. It's a, it's a decent matchup this week as well, but we're sort of of the mind field that at this point, you've sort of made your decision on Baker Mayfield. Like if you've needed him at any point, you would have picked him up already. Right. It's not like last week's performance against the, the Texans made you feel decidedly more confident in Baker Mayfield. What did he prove? He proved that he could throw for, throw for 200 yards yep. in, in junk time. I don't know they're going to have junk time this weekend to Carolina Panthers. I don't know that Baker Mayfield has exposed good matchups enough for you to say, you know, something like he needs to be a starting quarterback for us. He's around 16 for me this week in quarterback ranks. Full ranks would be up soon. So the point is this on Baker Mayfield. Could he be viable for the final four weeks? It's possible. It surely is possible. He's got two bad matchups in there and two reasonable matchups. But the point is that, like, as you said, Matthew, it's week 14. We've been talking about Baker Mayfield since week three. If you haven't felt the impetus to jump all over Baker Mayfield, you're probably not going to do so absent like back to back 25 point games. Yeah, I would agree. At which with point, that. I write about him. Right. The, the only thing, the only reason where I think you might pick up uh, Mayfield, look, and I do listen. I actually think he'll do well against the Panthers, who have struggled defensively. But if I, if I, if, if I think that there's one reason why you might pick him up, and that's sort of English, is that your opponent might need a quarterback. I am completely, and I'm curious how you guys feel about this, I am completely on board with the idea that sometimes the best offense is a good defense. Right, and like even though you, like if I was playing Mike in the playoffs and I look at Mike's team and I'm like, you know what, Mike could really use a quarterback and I think the best one out there is Baker Mayfield, I'm going to pick up Baker Mayfield just to steal him from Mike and force him to take somebody else. I'm okay with that. And I, and just that this goes for all positions. I'm just, I think that's an important thing. Like I think the waivers and the playoffs are about solidifying your team, plugging any holes, but also blocking your opponent. But I'm also on the, on the, uh, I'm also on the side of this. If you're not in the playoffs and there's nothing to play for, for players that are not like, there's no last place punishment that you're trying to avoid. There's no seating for next year. There's no, there's no, a consolation prize for most points. Like you field, you and I play in a league where the people that don't make the playoffs, like they compete for, uh, there's a monetary prize for whoever makes the most points during the playoff weeks. If assuming there's nothing to quote play for, then you shouldn't be doing waivers. Waivers should be only for the playoff uh, teams. I get asked that question a lot. That's my ruling there uh, field. So let's, ass- we're taking Baker Mayfield off the list here. Who is next at the quarterback position that somebody might consider if they need some help this week? Yeah, so Josh Allen, you're going to say to yourself, like, wait, you have more confidence in Josh Allen than Baker Mayfield? Like, I think Wait, co- you have more confidence in Josh Allen than you do Baker Mayfield? The point is this, is that, like, Josh Allen is so far off the radar that if you play in a two-quarterback league, like, he might still be available given that he's rostered in just 3.7% of leagues. This is more of an introduction to Josh Allen as a two-quarterback league option that actually has some upside given all of his rushing ability as opposed to a plug-and-play starter. Now, I'm not discounting anything given the fact that he can run so effectively, and it's another good matchup, I believe, coming up in Week uh, 14. So it's not like, um, you know, Josh Allen, uh, it's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be effective. So Josh Allen, two-quarterback leagues, crank him up. Fun to watch. Yeah, six full games he's played this season. The efficiency passing has been terrible. Five passing touchdowns, seven picks, 6.7 yards per attempt. You don't like that. But 49 carries, 343 yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, I know the guy is athletic. He can add value with his likes. I don't understand why defenses are so committed to stopping the pass against them and not slowing him down. It's it's really incredible. incredible. And we've talked up Lamar Jackson in previous weeks as kind of a fringe guy, a streaming option. Allen's doing what we kind of expected from Lamar Jackson. In fact, he's doing it a little bit better. So no question. I have him at QB 20 this week, two QB leagues. You start him. And, and yeah, if you're desperate, I mean, there's, there's worse options. Back to back top five fantasy weeks. 
Yeah, I, look, and I mean, he was he was on the Loveless last week as kind of an if you're desperate. We talked about him. The rushing is legitimate. You know, you wish there were a few more designed runs. It's a lot of scrambling, but like this is something that came out of his college profile. Uh, he is an he's obviously very athletic, and so yeah, you know, it's it's not a bad matchup, obviously, with the Jets this week. Give me some Josh Allen if you're if you're if you're desperate. Uh, let's stay with uh, kind of the the positions that are a little bit uh, underwhelming, if you were Field Yates, and let's move to the tight end position. Like, uh, there's people out there that lost Greg Olson. Yeah, there are, and um, it's super slim pickings, like ridiculously, incredibly slim pickings. And I don't know that there is a decided, discernible difference between a lot of the players. That could make the waiver wire. But let's talk about Ian Thomas, who was an excellent athlete in Indiana, barely played football before he got drafted in the NFL as a different background. Really, a, actually a pretty inspiring story of what he's been through in his life. He had five catches for 46 yards last week. The Panthers have had to throw the football a lot all year. They continue to throw the football a lot. Um, you're looking in-house often. That's sort of one of the first places you look when a player gets injured. Five catches, 46 yards. Is he a better option for sure than a CJ Uzama or a Chris Herndon? No. I don't know. Like, I, if I, you feel really great about one of those guys, good for you. Yeah, I was going to say, he might have a pinch more upside. It would not shock me if he finished tight end 11 or something the rest of the way. Keep in mind, the three games Olsen missed earlier this season, they ran 108 pass plays. He ran around on 84 of them. Now, he was targeted 14 times, third most on the team's. Uh, but he, his best weekly finish was 19th. So he wasn't really getting you a ton of fantasy production, but that doesn't mean he can't in that role going forward, especially if they continue to score, what, three plus touchdowns a game is, as they've had this season. So there is some pedigree there and it is, you know, there is an opportunity for him to play a lot down the stretch. So got to keep an eye on, especially if you're desperate. So there are other tight ends as well. You know, we, we mentioned Uzama, like, uh, Matt Lacoste, John U. Smith, like there's, it's it's an ugly position, ugly, 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 ugly all the way around. Position. Agree. Yep. Um, but uh, Ian Thomas uh, sort of tops the list for field. You can check out some other names in his free agent finds column once again on ESPN.com. Hey, Secret Squirrel, why don't you tell us about yeah. Subaru? Oh, I would love to tell you about Subaru. Did you know, Matthew? During the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru and its retailers have shown just how far the love can go. Over a hundred national parks supported through the National Park Foundation. More than 50,000 animals rescued through the ASPCA. Nearly 2 million meals delivered through Meals on Wheels. More than 1,800 wishes granted through Make-A-Wish. More than 1,170 hometown charities have been supported. That's $140 million donated to charity by Subaru and its retailers over 11 years. Right now, when you get a new Subaru during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 to the charity of your choice. When we share love, we all win. The Subaru Share the Love event now through January 2nd. And Matthew, exploring the waiver wire. Just, as, uh, yes, go ahead, Matthew. I have a quick question. Yeah. Just um, uh, the, the charity of your choosing. Yes. If you won, would you would you choose me? I don't believe that you count as a charity. Oh, I do believe that I, I have called you a charity case in the past. I'm just saying. Right. Anyone out there that wins the Subaru thing, like, you know. Yeah. You're looking for a charity to choose. Right. Your pal Matty. I personally would choose the ASPCA, although, Matthew, you are not a bad charity case as a number two backup. Maybe a handcuff option. Handcuff to your charity? Yes, Fair exactly. Appreciate uh, ex that. Exploring the waiver wire is brought to you by the all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. And Matthew, here's a question. Yes, sir. Okay. I lost James Conner and Alex Collins in a league this last week. 
obviously both of them being out. If there's a running back that you are considering off of field waiver, field's waiver wire column, who's it that you're looking at here? Uh, well, I guess we'll get to go. I personally, if I were you, like, we don't know what James Conner status is just yet. So, um, I would, like, you just heard us talk about this with, um, with Todd Gurley. I'm a handcuff guy, right? I am somebody that is very much pro handcuff. So I would want to make sure I had Jalen Samuels. Even if James Conner turns out to be fine, um, as we wait, you know, wait to find out, to me, Jalen Samuels would be my number one pick. I would want to make sure I locked him down. Um, uh, even if, again, if, if Connor winds up being fine, but, uh, there's news out of San Francisco field, Yates. Yeah, it's that Matt Breed is not going Hey, field, hold on. Why don't we reset that and turn your microphone on? There we go. Yes, there is news. Let's talk about this one more time. So we got news on Monday evening from head coach Kyle Shanahan that Matt Breida would not be playing for the 49ers in week 14. No word on week 15 and beyond, but Breida's been dealing with that ankle issue uh-huh. and Jeff Wilson Jr. stepped in and played a big role for them with 13 total touches in week 13. The pride of North Texas. Pride of North Texas was actually a, you know, considered by some a draftable prospect coming out. As we know, with so many running backs available, it's hard for them to often find a landing spot. Philip Lindsay would be another example of them. Uh, but he now faces the Denver Broncos. Not this dominant defense per se that we've, we've grown accustomed to in Denver that Jeff Wilson is like a top 20 play for me this week. Yeah, no question, especially with uh, Breed out. I mean, you look at the San Francisco backfield, or, or certainly this offense, and look what the running backs have done oh, this yeah. season. 1,433 rushing yards from their running backs. That is third most in the NFL. Only Denver and Seattle has more. In fact, they were number one coming into this week, believe it or not. so Most yards per carry before first contact. They are fourth in yeah. the NFL in terms of yards before first contact. They're blocking in, in Kyle Shanahan's run-blocking scheme. It's really done well, especially given all the different pieces they've had back there. Yeah, no question. He also had eight targets to go with those 15 carries in this in this past game. So you you think about guys that you picked up recently, like Gus Edwards and Josh Adams, who are getting no passing down work. Well, Wilson's floor is massive because of all this passing down work. So you like that a lot. Uh, the only real reservation I have with spending a ton of capital on him is that you know, Breida was hurt. He got hurt before the game. He came in. Wilson got the the early run. Breida got hurt again, and then it was the Wilson show. If Breida comes back next week, you know, Wilson might suddenly be a flex at best, maybe just a bench player, maybe the backup again. That's the only reservation I have with going all in on waivers, but short term, plenty of value. Yeah, well, listen, but for a lot of people, they're in, you know, win or go home mode. It's, it's the playoffs. And so if you've still sure, got, sure, that's fair. you've been hanging under your waiver, you've still got a decent amount of fab budget left, uh, you know, um, and you need a guy this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Wilson certainly, qualifies there to me i think it's my order is samuels and wilson you have wilson over samuels i do but we got a little bit of a tip perhaps on what the Steelers might be planning for as trey edmonds was promoted from the practice squad he's actually the brother of Steelers safety terrell edmonds who was their first round pick and also the brother of bills linebacker tremaine edmonds a first round pick so three brothers all playing concurrently in the nfl talented family decent genes so far <laughs> in that family based on what we've seen so far i'm we don't know for sure what that means for James Conner's status, but maybe a bit of a tip. Like if you think there's a chance he's going to be out, you promote the guy early on in the week. I think that's, I think there's something there is what I would say. So Jalen Samuels, Jeff Wilson, both players that I would suggest rostering this week based on what we've seen so far, uh, with the injury updates on Monday and early Tuesday. The expectation is that if, uh, that Jeff Wilson is going to be the lead back at San Francisco, but, You'll see some Alfred Morris. You'll see some uh Kyle Juszczyk, I think, a little Matt bit. Matt is in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you'll, you know, a handful of guys here and there. I would think Wilson would be the majority of the guys, the majority of the touches, and the only one that is playable. 
Um, it would be interesting to see if Connor were to miss time. I think it, Samuels again would be the guy, but I think you'd see some Stephen Ridley in there as well. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. We'll see, I, I don't know much about what the, the Steelers thinking about Trey Edmonds, but um, it would be interesting to see how this backfield shakes out if they do not have James Connor. They play the Raiders this weekend, so certainly a team that the offense is going to be fine against, but the Patriots and the Saints loom after that for the Steelers, so it'd be great to have James Connor back right away. We'll see what his status is going forward. Meanwhile, as we saw Wilson emerge um, and we saw Connor go down on Sunday night, that same game, Sunday night, we saw another star come out. Yeah, I would say, and like, so a couple of other running back names you mentioned, you're leading towards Justin Jackson, the yes. Chargers a rookie seventh-round pick out of Northwestern who didn't start the, lead, uh, the, the season on the active roster, got promoted from the practice squad, talented guy. Uh, was a mention by Adam Schefter's the fantasy long shot a couple of weeks ago when Correct. Melvin Gordon was iffy for that game that he eventually got hurt again in. But eight rushes for 63 yards, really nice touchdown, had a 19-yard catch. Um, looked the a, part. He did. He certainly looked the part. There's a chance that Melvin Gordon's back this week, according to Adam. Um, and if so, then it probably renders Justin Jackson non-usable in fantasy. But a smart player to keep in mind and on the radar, like let's say Melvin Gordon comes back and then gets hurt again, right? Like, just a good player to have on the radar, even though I do believe that Austin Eckler will probably be more likely to lead the team in touches based on what we've seen uh, this season. Yeah, 46 to 14 was the was the difference in snaps right. between Eckler and Jackson. So he came in uh, fresh in the second half, busted off a few runs. He wasn't touched really uh, too much. I mean, he's only a 20 carry so far this season, but after contact, he hasn't been so hot. Again, it's a very small sample, but... You know, sometimes guys will flash because they're running through open holes. And, and again, he looked, he looked fine. Interesting athlete. He, Killed it he in looked, the short area drills. Yeah, There's at, things to like there. I, I think, but I think that while the snap split, uh, between those two guys, partially due to just sort of familiarity with the playbook mm-hmm. and, and their comfort level, I, I would be hard pressed if Melvin Gordon were to miss this game on Sunday. It would be hard pressed for me to think that that would be the same split. I mean, I feel like Justin Jackson has certainly earned some more time. But even if it's closer, do you feel like Jackson's an RB two as the number no. two? I, no, I don't, they're both I flex don't guys. Yeah, yeah no more flex than guys, guy. and I'd probably still have Eckler a little bit higher because we're ranking for PPR. But I wouldn't feel great about having him higher. And you know, I have a I have a I have a team that has both guys, and it would that'll be that's that's going to be one of those where you you sort of you're trying to bang. You know, try to hit up some sources and try to figure out uh, if you can get some uh, clarity on how they're planning to use that backfield. Yeah, for now, I'd lean Eckler pretty high. I would agree as well. One more mention, by the way, is LeGarrette Blunt, available at 55% of leagues. <laughs> Good matchup. By the way, no, just, what a drop-off. I mean, it's like, eh, one other name is LeGarrette yeah, Blunt no, with a shrug saying, of the yeah, shoulders. Well, by the way, that's the correct way. I mean, that's completely the correct way to phrase it, to do it. I mean, look at we'll Secret Squirrel. Right hiding then, his, right? hiding yeah. his head in shame. You know... Like, you can't even muster up enough, uh, you know. I don't disagree with you here, though. Nobody wants to start LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, no. if he doesn't get in the end zone, you know, a great that he'll have 16 carries for, you know, 75 yards. Great. But seven and a half points isn't going to do it for me. I mean, I'd rather have somebody else that I, especially this week. Hey, Secret Well, it Squirrel. actually is a good matchup this week against the Cardinals. But I mean, it's really good. You, you, you say that, but having watched the offense over the last couple, like, I have no confidence that the passing game can get him down within the five yard line where I feel like LeGarrette Blunt is going to be able to, Plunge it into the end zone. Now that doesn't mean I don't love my team. I just, you know, it's been it's been a tough go on offense this Good year. Good question. Who would you? What's what's? Te- be honest now. Which team would you rather have? Your Lions, your crappy Detroit Lions, 
or my Redskins, quarterbacked by Mark Sanchez right now? I'd rather have my crappy Detroit Lions. I mean, the storied history in that franchise. You know, Barry Sanders. You haven't. You guys haven't even had someone even close to the brevity of Barry Sanders. All of I mean, Calvin Johnson. We've got, we've got close to the brevity of Barry Sanders. Three Super Bowls. <laughs> brevity maybe wasn't right, wasn't the right word. Close yeah. to the uh, what's the word I'm Excellence looking for? Excellence worked. Yeah. Excellence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Calvin Johnson, Dick Night Train Lane. Although Robert the brevity Porche. thing kind of worked because Barry Sanders obviously was very retired short. early, right? Yeah, my Naming favorite Calvin thing. Johnson. He 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 scored a touchdown. Down and what do he do? He just hands the football, the football to the referee. Been there before, right? I mean, come on, man. Barry let's Sanders, get, one of the all-time greats, doesn't have a Super Bowl the way a lot of Redskins do. Let's get through. Rings, let's get through these a uh, couple of waiver wire ads on the wide receiver side. Yeah, so we can make, uh, cover a few minutes out for Mike Adam Humphreys would be the number one, maybe the number one ad of the week. Five straight games with at least fifty yards. He's got five touchdowns over his last five games. They throw it a ton. We've written about basically every Bucks offensive skill player at some point this season, but Adam Humphreys has produced in a major way of late. Yeah, at a least, great matchup this week against the Saints as well. They really do, and that that's a team that struggled against the slot. At least six catches in four of the past six for him. Seems to have a connection with Jameis Winston. There's a nice floor there. We talked about uh, the running back in the uh, in San Francisco field. There's a wide receiver there as well. Yeah, Dante Pettis certainly has been red hot for them over the past couple of games. Three touchdowns over the past two games. A big play waiting to happen. Number nine punt return touchdowns during his career at the University of Washington. Explosive guy and Marquis Good was expected back this week, so that might mean that Dante Pettis' overall uh, targets go down a little bit. But besides him, I mean, like even if it's just those two as the top wide receivers, there's enough work there for Dante Pettis to possibly cash in with one more score. Yeah, no question. And remember, he's the second-round pick. I mean, this could be potentially their number one, their go-to receiver next season. I mean, there, there's a lot to like there. They're going to, I'm sure, give him plenty of run down the stretch. He's finished wide receiver 21 and wide and uh, wide receiver 3 the past two weeks as their top top target so we'll keep an eye on the status of Goodwin and Garcon I'm not going to start him uh, if those two guys are uh, if those two guys are back but he's a guy to monitor for sure one more here just quickly to note Chris Conley of the Kansas City Chiefs if Sammy Watkins misses again on Sunday Conley who scored a touchdown I don't know if he saw uh, the play he scored against the Raiders yesterday uh, mm-hmm. Sunday GSA it's it was really yeah. tremendous because the Raiders remember how you made that joke yesterday Matthew about how yeah. the Steelers chose the don't cover Keenan Allen at all thing yeah they they tried a defense it didn't work but you know give them props for trying something innovative like, Go they're back just like and we're watch. not going to get anywhere near Keenan Allen see if he just gets freaked out and drops it which he didn't do but <laughs> it was a, it was a way it was a, it was a way to go go back and watch Chris Conley's touchdown against the Raiders on Sunday the all-time bad coverage play like Completely uncovered. It was great. But Chris Conley has seen quite a role for the Chiefs. Ten catches, 99 yards, and three touchdowns over the past two games as insurance for Sammy Watkins. We do not know whether he'll play on Sunday. Maybe the Chiefs, uh, you know, against the Ravens don't get as much going offensively. But still, the Chiefs, any Sunday, I'm always in on somebody that catches passes from Patrick Mahomes. 100%. By the way, he was my fantasy long shot last week. Ooh, just nice saying. Job. Just, just saying. Just saying. I got a quick question here before we get on to the next thing. Yeah. I've had a couple people tweet at me and ask, ask some questions. No big deal. At Daniel Dolph on Twitter. Uh, ask some questions saying, hey, there was somebody in my league last week that either didn't set their lineup or they set what was a very obviously inferior lineup in order to help have a better playoff seed. In, in essence, you know, it's a weekly game. They tanked. Yeah, they yeah. tanked it for a better it. They playoff had it, they seed. They had it, they had a playoff spot secured. Yes. They tanked it because they thought that the seeding would, they would lose their game and they would have a different seed so they would have a better matchup in the playoffs. Where is it that we, cause there's two different sides to this. There is like a, I totally do not agree with it, but it is technically not against the rules or there right. is a, 100% across the board, you should never do that. You always set your lineup no matter. Where is it you guys fall on that situation? I hate oh. it. Personally. Yeah. So here's where I rule on this one. So this is something that used to come up when we used to do hard justice here on the podcast when Nate and I used to do that. 
And so my ruling is, is I think it is completely legal. Okay. So I don't think it should be quote allowed because my belief is that you should set the lineup. Everyone should do whatever they can that they feel in their best interest. Even if you don't agree with it, you should do whatever is in, as long as it's allowed in the rules, you should do what you think can help your team win. So if somebody in their mind believes benching all their team, taking a loss and then getting a quote better seed in the playoffs will help them win. I am okay with that, uh, from a legal standpoint. Having said that, I hate it from a, just a personal standpoint. I agree with Field. I think it's a mistake if you go read my New York Times bestselling book, Fantasy Life. There are tons of stories in there about people that did just this, and then fantasy karma comes back and bites them in the butt. I'm telling you, the fantasy gods, fantasy karma, I believe it is a real thing. I've seen it way too many times over my many years of playing this game. And so what often happens is people bench their team, they get the better seed, and then that, that, that quote, lower, that crap your team ends up having a monster game and you end up losing. I'm a big believer in always play your best team and let the chips fall where they may. But um would I allow it if I were the commish? Yes, I would allow it. Here's my two cents and it's an it's an opportunity for me to make a NASCAR reference. I'm going to do it. NASCAR has a rule because it's something that happened years ago. It's called the 100% rule. And you have to basically give 100% to win every week. You have to make that effort. Uh you know, so like NASCAR drivers were yeah, crashing yeah. to help their teammates out things like that. So if you're the commissioner and you want to avoid things like that, that's your way to go. Just enforce what Make is, the rule. Which well, but, is eventually but a 100% the thing. Like, rule. That's the way to do it. If you were the commish before the season starts, you can't do it in the middle of the season. Exactly. Before yeah, the yeah, season yeah. starts, you say, by the way, you must start a legal lineup all, you know, still in the void because you play, you know, injured players or whatever. But um, ultimately, I think you're you're messing with fantasy karma. And I think it is a mistake to do that. But I would allow it. I mean, look, in the Vampire Leagues. By the way, I made the playoffs in both Vampire Leagues. Um, in one of the Vampire Leagues, I was playing a guy, and I was I the Monday night game, the Kansas City Chiefs-Rams uh, Monday night game, I was up big on this guy. And this guy had Gurley and Tyreek Hill. And so um, he basically benched Gurley and Tyreek Hill going into Monday night because he knew he wasn't going to beat me, and he didn't want to lose them. And I thought that was like a total weasel move. It was allowed oh, within the rules yeah. because – in essence, the Vampire League, for people that forget that column, basically, I didn't draft nine other teams all drafted, and then I made my team out of waivers, and then when I played teams, if I beat them, I could vampire somebody, I could pick somebody from my team, my starting lineup, and trade him to the other team, position for position, so I could trade a running back for a running back, or a quarterback for a quarterback, and so... This guy, and basically everyone either did one of two things against me. They either benched all their players to basically take an L but not lose any players to me, or they played me straight up. And everyone did it great except for one team that basically played me straight up until realizing that going into Monday night they weren't going to beat me, and they benched Gurley and Tyreek Hill because they didn't want to lose one of those two players. And I thought that was a totally – it was a legal move, but it was a weasel move because had the game been on at Sunday at 1 o'clock – he would have played Gurley and Tyreek Hill and lost to me. It was just a matter of, um, uh, because of the scheduling quirk that he was able to do that. So, but th- there's a thing where a move that I hated personally, but was quote legal and allowed. So it just depends on kind of what player you want to be. And if you want to be a weasel, you can certainly do it. All right. A couple of quick housekeeping notes before we get out of here. Matthew Thursdays, you're going to start to catch your breath a little bit. Yeah, so the company has asked me, uh, they, they want to keep me upright. The, the schedule's gotten very challenging. So the company has asked me, they gave me a choice, actually, um, to either not write the column or to take Thursdays off, and so uh, which I'm appreciative. And so 
as much as I love uh, you guys and hanging out with you, I thought it was better to uh, to keep writing the column. So Mike anyway, I stay up late Wednesday nights and so Thursday morning. And I'm still doing the Thursday show, and I'll be back on Friday, but that's the thing. So Thursday TV show, you mean? The Thursday yep. TV mm-hmm. show, the fantasy show on ESPN+. And so and the column will be out as well So uh, as a result. So, yes, uh, for the next just couple of weeks, it's just for the last couple of weeks here of the season, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I will be off of the podcast and my friend Mike Clay will take over and do what I'm sure is an excellent job. So I'm like the handcuff, like the Malcolm you're Brown the, here. You are the in Matthew Berry handcuff. In this case, I like uh, I like the handcuff. You're totally a handcuff. It, it feels weird that you keep offering me French fries covered in mayonnaise. <laughs> but yes, you are my handcuff. That's weird. Time now for Crappy Promo. It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. I keep talking about it, but, you know, the fantasy football season, if maybe you're out of the playoffs, maybe uh, you still love playing, you know, uh, NBA or NHL. If you play DFS, if you play daily fantasy sports, right, then rotopassdaily.com is for you. Keep the action going. Have a lot of fun. Obviously, there's also postseason football as well, college football as well, the bowl games, everything like that. Um, if you want to play in DFS, if you want to compete at a high level, if you want to win some money, rotopassdaily.com it basically you get a bunch of great dfs sites that have lineup builders and all these tools that help you compete at a high level uh roto grinders fantasy labs roto wire espn plus uh daily roto it's just a bunch of great sites you get full access to all of them go check it out rotopassdaily.com and the promo code cyber c-y-b-e-r the promo code cyber We'll get you 15% off. So it is great stuff if you play DFS. I think it's the best deal on the internet. Rotopassdaily.com. Good stuff there. We are back on Wednesday. Mike Clay, Stefania and I. He's Matthew Berry, TMR, everywhere on social media, except for the Fantasy Life app. He's just Matthew Berry. I will be back on Friday, but uh, Fantasy Show on ESPN Plus is later today. We'll Mike see you then. Play NFL on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Field Thank Gates. Thank you very much. Talk tomorrow. Peace out. You're in the Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead, give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. You think you could do better than me? Cause I don't think you could. Jail bait, field yates. You, you're, 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 you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field yates. At field yates. Still find your bell. Barry convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel Dodd. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with GEICO on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.